Hello, everyone, and welcome to Heads Up, the weekly webcast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel, founder of the Facebook group Migraine Nation and chronic daily migraine survivor. I'm super excited to tell you that I am here today with Dr. Merle Diamond. Hello, Dr. Diamond. How are you? Hi. I love being here. (laughs) (laughs) I love having you. We all love having you. Dr. Diamond is the Associate Director of the Diamond Headache Clinic in Chicago. She is also a board member of the National Headache Foundation. And we have Dr. Diamond here today to chat with us about a topic that a lot of people really uh, spend a lot of time Googling, wondering about when they're feeling really bad. So we want you to be able to uh, listen to this podcast so that you're not trying to teach yourself about this when you are in an intractable migraine situation. We're going to talk about infusions. Many of us have had them or have at least heard about them. Uh, They are usually used uh, when we are in status migranosis or in a migraine that's lasted 72 hours, three days or more, also known as intractable migraine. They're often used to pull us out of that cycle. That's often the situation we're in. There are people that have standing orders that their doctors have put in for them in case this happens to them and they go and get an infusion. There are some people, depending on where you live in the country, where there are um, infusion places where you can go and get certain vitamins or et cetera infused uh, for migraine. So let's talk about which of these things work, uh, what we can do. So I'm going to dive right in and I'm going to start with one thing um, that's really common, Dr. Diamond. It seems it's really common for people to get magnesium infusions. Why do we do this? Does it work? Yeah. So magnesium, it's, it, yes, it does work and it's mm-hmm. incredibly helpful for some patients. Um, some migraine patients have a lack of enough magnesium like that's available, like their magnesium levels may be okay, but they may not have the right amount of magnesium there to help with headache. Right. And so it can really help. And, uh, you know, we've been using it a lot in some of our pregnant patients because it's incredibly safe okay. um, and it can work very effectively without hurting the mom or the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to do it too often because then it can affect calcium indirectly, and we want our bones to be really strong, but it certainly is easy, effective, has very little side effect, And so we really like it in okay. migraine. So um, there's some people, like I said, they have these standing clinics where you can go in and it's almost like a hangover cure and you can get right. magnesium. But I right. tell people, I'm like, ask them how much is in there, how much magnesium right. should be in the infusion for it to work. For At migraine. least a gram. I mean, that okay. sounds like a lot. Mm-hmm. you know, but at least a gram. Okay. Um, and um, the one thing occasionally you can see some lower blood pressure with it. It is incredibly okay. rare. Most patients tolerate it really well. And if you have low blood pressure to start while they're giving you the infusion, they can also give you some fluids. Okay. So if you're somebody who has low blood pressure, this is a way that you can still get the infusion and the help from the infusion, but not have to worry about your blood pressure being too low. And if you're someone that's already taking magnesium every day for a migraine, is it safe to go get a magnesium infusion? Yes, it is. It is. Because again, you're not doing a gallon of it. You're doing, it sounds like a lot of grams, but (laughs) you're getting a gallon of it. Yeah. 
All right. How about B vitamins? Um, sometimes there's B vitamins in those infusions and people right. uh, are known. Some of them are known to help with migraine. Is this a good correct? Idea? So like riboflavin is in there when you get B vitamins. I know a lot of people. So my dad who did headache forever we used to give people B12 shots every month okay. to help with energy. And, you know, there's not a ton of data, but there, you know, a lot of these B vitamins can really help with energy and make people feel better. And the only icky side effect, and it's not really icky, it's sort of silly. Your urine will look bright yellow. Okay. Like you colored it with magic marker, but it's not unsafe. Okay. The only caveat for some patients, if there's niacin in there, for some people, niacin can be a trigger. Okay. So if that's the case, then that might not work well for you. Okay. I think one of the main ones that's supposed to help with migraine is B2. And that's yeah. often in the complex that they put in these, in these correct. bags. And that's correct. also riboflavin, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. That is riboflavin. All right. So um, something that you don't hear of as often, but I know of a number of infusion centers and uh, migraine and headache doctors that do it here is lidocaine infusions. Right. So lidocaine um, has been used forever for historically for cardiac arrhythmias. Mm -hmm. And so, so in saying that I want to Lidocaine can certainly help with an acute headache, right. but it is one of those infusions where you need to be monitored right. because it can affect the electricity in your heart. Mm -hmm. Not in a bad way if it's done properly, but it needs to be done under observation. So if somebody wants to give you lidocaine and they're not going to look at your EKG monitor, that's not a good thing, okay. but it can be helpful. I know uh, there are a number of headache centers that do use lidocaine intravenously for an acute headache and they are successful. Okay. Side effects, you might feel a little loopy with it. You might okay. feel a little woozy, kind of off balance, sometimes sleepy, mm -hmm. but again, uh, maybe that's not that bad a thing when you have a bad headache, just right. stay in bed and stay comfortable. Right. So uh, most people know this, but this is pretty much the same thing that you get in your blocks, your occipital blocks, your nerve blocks, but now they're infusing it into your vein to just sort of globally try and uh, kill the pain for you. Correct. So uh, the next one I was going to ask, ask about is DHE, dihydroergotamine. Um, this has been used for a long time as an infusion for migraine. What does it do? Is it effective? So DHE uh, we used to say DHE is a dirty drug, <laughs> which was not a good thing, right? right. Like that connotation is not so good. Right. But DHE is dihydroergotamine. It's it's like ergot, except the dihydro part that that uh, that new like moiety that they put on it makes it a much more tolerable medication. Right. It is both a veno uh, dilator. It does work on the arteries as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and it can act as a mild vasoconstrictor in the arteries. And also it has anti-inflammatory properties and it also can fix central sensitization, that sort of, uh, body pain that you may have after your migraine that doesn't allow you to wear your glasses or like the allodynia um, yeah, that allodynia. we talk about, right. right. That's that thing that makes it hard for us to brush our hair, et cetera. Right. Like, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so DHC and so DHC was very, very popular for a number of years and then mm -hmm. triptans came out on the market. Mm -hmm. And so DHC kind of was expensive and it was harder to administer. 
Um, but we still use it a, a great deal for status migraine. Mm-hmm. There's a protocol called the Raskin protocol named after Neil Raskin mm-hmm. was one of the early headache doctors for status migraine. You can give a dose every eight hours for three days intravenously to break that cycle. Um, again, patients who have coronary artery disease, badly managed hypertension, um, uh, patients who have an active infection going on should not get DHE. Okay. But it is a very good medication for patients in status. Does it always take three days? No. Do some people just go in for one dose? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends how long you've had your headache for, you know, like if you've been in that headache for a month or so, probably you're going to need a couple doses at least. Mm -hmm. Um, But certainly the way I like to think about DHE is it has a nice long Mm half-life. So one of the issues with the triptan sometimes is that they just don't last long Mm -hmm. enough. The headache recurs. And so if you're in a prolonged headache, a drug like DHE which affects multiple receptors may be a better option for you. Okay. Um, The next one I wanted to ask about sounds so simplistic, but it is Tylenol. And we're not talking about crushing up the Tylenol that you get at Walgreens. No, there there is actual liquid Tylenol that can be infused. Uh, Is this a good idea for someone with migraine? Yeah. So what I always say about acetaminophen or Tylenol is, I mean, if I would mention it to one of my patients, they might slug me, I think, because they would laugh at you. <laughs> yeah. Laugh or not be very yeah. happy with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, IV Tylenol possibly could work again. Mm-hmm. If you need to bypass the gut, a good way to think about intravenous medicines is my gut isn't working really well right now. Right. Um, so certainly that can be utilize in that fashion, mm-hmm. um, as can some IV non-steroidal and anti-inflammatory drugs. Right. And if you, if you are someone who tends to laugh when Dr. Diamond and I talk about Tylenol, and I remember this is being used IV, which is different than just swallowing Tylenol. And we're talking about using this in conjunction with some of these other medicines in the infusion. So it's not just, oh, take two Tylenol and maybe your migraine will go away. So um, this is just part of the armory. Now, right. I um, I threw this in there uh, because there is some data that it works after 24 hours uh, on an ongoing migraine. I I wanted to ask you about Viepti, which is one yeah. of the monoclonal antibodies. Right. So um, tell me, if does it have a role in status micronosis? So that's a very interesting question. And mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine, uh, Roger Cady, who is a brilliant headache person, um, uh, really any in you know, all disclosure, he worked for Lumbeck, which was the company that made Viepti, but they were trying to get a trial going for status migranosis. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's up and running yet, but the reality is some patients with Viepti walk out of the room without a headache. Right. Um, and many of our patients have greater than 50% chance of it stopping a headache the next day. Mm-hmm. So I think that needs more exploration. Mm-hmm. The wonderful thing about Viapti is you don't have any cognitive side effects. You can mm-hmm. get up. It's not going to affect your blood pressure. Like, mm-hmm. right. But the question is obviously cost and actually doing the trial to say, yes, this will work. I think it's a, I think it's potentially a great addition. 
Okay. And for those of you who aren't aware, that's also called eptanazumab, and it is one of our newer monoclonal antibodies, but it's the one that's infused IV and is taken quarterly. Am I right, Dr. Diamond? It's not monthly. Correct. But what a feeling to not have a headache. Right. Right. It's like wild. (laughs) So (laughs) the next one I'm going to bring up is very controversial. Not everyone uh, will infuse this. I wanted to ask about ketamine because I don't believe the conversation is complete if we don't bring it up. But some people swear by ketamine. Some people think it's very controversial. Um, So uh, why don't why don't you just tell us what it is, why it might work and what the side effects are? Right. So ketamine has been around for a long time. There was mm-hmm. a guy named Jean-Claude Cruz, who's a headache doctor down in Texas, who was using ketamine infusions back 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and ketamine uh, works on the NMDA receptor, mm-hmm. which helps to sort of um, augment pain. So if you can block it, then you might block pain. So some of the oral medications that we look at that do that are a drug called memantine or namenda, mm-hmm. but intravenously, obviously you get there quicker. Right. Um, and there have been many, many different utilizations of IV ketamine over the last several decades. Um, and again, some people swear by it. Right. My concern with it is we don't have any good data as to what the dosing should be. Okay. Um, the frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and some patients really do not tolerate it. It can make you hallucinate mm-hmm. out of body experiences. It is an anesthetic. So you, right. you can be a little wacky on it. Okay. And again, like uh, lidocaine, you have to be monitored on it. You can't mm-hmm. just, you don't want to just throw some uh, ketamine at somebody and say, okay, I'll be back in a couple hours. That would not be a good thing. Okay. So, so I do think that that is an issue. We can now get ketamine in different formulations. There's a nasal spray. I think one of my cautions with it is um, there can be some substance, uh, mm-hmm. inappropriate substance use with it. Okay. Um, so I am careful uh, when patients suggest this, that they have some substance issues. Right. Um, because I don't want to open that door for them. Right. I want I want them to be okay. Right. It is a controlled substance. Am it I is right? a controlled okay. substance. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think more will be revealed. We need better science. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly know some people who've done well with it and I know some people who don't tolerate it at all. Right. Um, and um, I just think more information and really whenever somebody says, Oh, you should do this, you should do this. I, I like to have some kind of framework of who it might work in and mm-hmm. how much and for how long. Okay. And just really quick, is it usually just one and done a quick infusion or is it over days? So some people do, again, this whole thing of how do you do it? Some okay. people do it over days, like mm-hmm. three infusions in a week. Okay. Uh, some people will get one infusion, you know, they might do three infusions in a week. And then if the patient responds, have them come back once every two weeks. Okay. So I've seen all kinds of derivations of it. Now we've talked about some of the common things that are infused. Uh, let's talk about a few of the common medicines that are added to the infusions. 
and what they can do for us. I think one of the most common ones is Toradol. So what is Toradol uh, uh, and and is it good for us? What what can it do for us during a migraine? Toradol was one of the first intravenous um, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs that were available in Europe. They have a couple now, but in the United States, this is really the one we have access to. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is Ketorolac. It's been around again for 25 to 28 years. And it was originally approved for post-operative pain in patients who should not get narcotics or patients who didn't tolerate narcotics. Mm -hmm. Um, And it wasn't very long before we we grabbed it and said, well, this will work in migraine too. It is an effective added agent. Um, And we do reduce the dosing in the elderly because Mm -hmm. of renal function. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly patients who have contraindications to oral non-steroidals will likely not be appropriate for intravenous toradol. It's a great anti-inflammatory. It's incredibly effective in migraine. Um, As a standalone, you might need something else with it. So we often will use anti- some of the anti-nausea agents we're going to talk about, or sometimes we'll put it with a different um, uh, uh, abortive drug. Okay. Use it with CAG or you could use it with uh, something else. Okay. Uh, Speaking of anti-nausea agents, Zofran, I think is probably what the most common one that we hear about uh, that will, if you're getting an infusion, often you'll get Zofran along with it. Uh, And is this, a good idea? What, how does it work? Yeah, so Zofran is really good, but it does not necessarily, so it's a great antiemetic. It, it works quite well for nausea. Mm-hmm. Some of the other anti-nausea medicines we use in migraine, like metoclopramide or Reglin or Compazine, um, also have a primary purpose in preventing migraine or stopping right. a migraine. And you're not going to get that from Zofran. Zofran right. will stop your nausea, but it doesn't it's not like an additive to right. something. So we often use Zofran with DHE mm-hmm. um, and it works well. Metoclopramide or Reglan and Compazine mm-hmm. are older drugs. They've been around for a long time and they're antidopaminergic and they can work well. There are even some studies where you just get IV metoclopramide and that has worked in acute migraine. Okay. So, if a patient tolerates these medicines, I think, you know, I get a therapeutic twofer. I get rid of their nausea mm-hmm. and I've got something that's going to work with whatever else I'm giving them for that acute headache. Now, I think now metoclopramide is, I was going to ask you about that, but it's something I think that as patients, we don't hear about it as often. So can you quickly tell everyone what it is? Exactly. So metoclopramide is Reglan. It's been around for a long time. It blocks dopamine. Okay. And so it's actually in the same category with compazine or thorazine okay. or uh, even haloperidol, you know, all those kinds mm-hmm. of drugs. The reason it's not used as much is because there is a chance that you could have akathisia with it, which is that uncomfortable, I'm going to, it's more than uncomfortable, yeah. crawling out of my skin type yes. of problem. Right. And that's what people go, what's akathisia? I go, I want to rip off my skin. <laughs> yes. Can't sit down and I'm running around my room. Right. Um, and while that's incredibly rare, it does happen. And so mm-hmm. obviously that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Most patients who have that will not use metoclopramide. Mm-hmm. The, the interesting thing, and composing can do the same thing. The interesting thing is it's not cross-reactive. 
Mm-hmm. So you could tolerate metoclopramide and not compensate, or you could tolerate compensate and not metoclopramide. It's not a universal, like if you can't have one, you can't have any of them. Right. So the next drug I was going to ask about, and I want to make sure we get this point across because I, I truly think that the, that uh, metoclopramide and compazine are probably great agents that a lot of people don't really know right. about. Right. Um, people will infuse Benadryl or diphenhydramine with these medications uh, with the idea that that might decrease that side effect, And also d- possibly the Benadryl might do something. I think the Benadryl does help some people. Okay. Um, And I think that we utilize it a lot to reduce that potential issue with metoclopramide or compensate. Um, And many of our patients use it to treat an acute migraine, maybe with a ketorolac, a toradol or with the itchy. You know, the nice thing is sometimes for a really bad migraine attack, while a single agent may not work, putting something with it can be quite effective for patients. Right. My goal, you know, once they've gotten these infusions is Mm -hmm. how do I adapt that for them at home? Right. Right. Yeah. How do I make this work for them in the comfort of their house, as opposed to a noisy, expensive, emergent, expensive. And they have to find someone to drive them. Infusions can be difficult. And you're at Mm -hmm. the mercy of who's ever working that night, which may be a wonderful emergency physician Mm -hmm. or maybe not. So, right. Right. And I don't need to demonize ER doctors because I used to be one, Mm -hmm. but I've read some of the reports that patients have and I, yeah, yeah they're just, yeah. It's so, so speaking of, of um, what you just said of adapting this for home, I hear uh, different answers from different people. So let's, let's get this straight right now. Is Benadryl helpful for migraine by itself or is it only helpful in decreasing side effects of the other medications? I think it can be helpful in and of itself. Okay. I do. Okay. I, I definitely do. I think that um, it's an old drug, so we don't have a ton of data on that, you okay. know, like looking at that specifically, but I can tell you on our inpatient unit, we definitely use it and it can be helpful for people. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's one other medicine that is very often added that we didn't cover, and that would be steroids like Decadron. Uh, so Steroids have again been used since the 1950s for status migranosis, prolonged migraine attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the biggest mistake that's made about steroids is that people give too much. Oh. You don't need a lot. Okay. So there are two very good clinical trials. One was done by a John Graham, who there's still a headache center named after him in Boston. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, he was one of the first ER doc or headache doctors. And he did a study with dexamethasone. And then mm-hmm. a guy named Todd Rosen, who's now down in Florida at Mayo, I think also did a study with steroids, you know, like 40 something years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, steroids can work well in the emergency department. Uh, we'll use an IV version. But again, you don't need a ton of them. You don't need like 60 milligrams of prednisone. You don't need super high doses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can put that with any of the other therapies to kind of make it like cement, you know, like that. Because right. steroids are anti-inflammatory, super anti-inflammatories. And so they're going to help, but getting the acute pain down is going to be with one of these other agents first. And then the steroid, I always say, takes up the, the back end and makes it solid. Okay. Quick question about steroids. So many of us are used to the steroid taper, which you take orally, you take a pack. 
of right. steroids, uh, yeah. which is more effective putting the steroids, you know, in an IV infusion or taking this taper. I think they both can work. And there's also some long acting injectable steroids that are available. Again, it doesn't have to be a super high dose. um, And we try not to do steroid more than one time in a month. And certainly for women with particularly women, you know, as we're getting closer to menopause and bone density issues, Mm -hmm. paying attention to that is really important. Um, And recognizing, you know, we, if somebody really requires that, let's make sure their bone health is also good. Um, So we're not causing another problem. Okay. Well, that was all the questions I had. Is there anything you think that we should add to this discussion of migraine and infusions? I love IV Depakon or IV Velproic Acid. Oh, okay. Um, So Depakon is Depakote, but in an intravenous. And I know some people are going to be saying, I'm not taking Depakote because it's gain and hair loss and lovely other side effects. It's also a very effective preventative, but you know, we can't utilize it a lot because of the side effect profile. Intravenously, it doesn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm. It can be given IV to break an acute headache. So, you know, an older patient where you, they may not tolerate DHE, right? Um, or they maybe shouldn't have DHE, IV Depakon can be helpful. The trick with it is that you have to give it quickly to build up a very high level acutely. So it okay. needs to be infused over five to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and it's a very effective acute therapy, again, coupling it with other things. Okay. Um, and so I think it's important for us to recognize, I'm sorry, siren. Um, I think the important thing to recognize is that particularly for patients with really hard to manage migraines, we have to think out of the box a little bit and mm-hmm. think about, okay, I'm going to use DHE, but I should probably put a little steroid with it so that mm-hmm. when I walk out of the ER or my infusion center, mm-hmm. they have something that worked quickly, but also have something that works at the back end. Right. So just out of curiosity, when it comes to the Depakon or the Valproic acid, I know that that it's not something that you can give orally to someone who's trying to get pregnant or right. could, it, when it comes to the IV, how yeah. long can you give that to someone who might be having a baby that, this year? No, I would no. not. Okay. Would not. Interesting. Okay. I'm, I I tend to be like, let's be overly cautious. And that doesn't mean I don't treat pregnancy. I do, you know, patients Mm -hmm. who are having migraine and pregnancy, I think it's super important, but you know, in that case, maybe magnesium is going to be a better choice for that patient or if they're not pregnant yet, you could use IV ketorolac or Toradol. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily mean if they were pregnant, but if they were planning on trying to get pregnant, can, is the IV? Well, you can use it up until a month or so before they're going to try, but I'm, I'm pretty sticky with it. I just feel like let's be careful. Right. I think that's an important question. We have a lot of women of childbearing age in our audience. And so I always like to ask those questions. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Diamond. That was a great episode. Very informative. I hope that everyone enjoyed uh, and thank you for being on and thank you everyone for listening in. Please join us again next week on Heads Up the weekly webcast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. Thanks so much. Thank you.